Welcome to the podcast. Pilates for PTs, from business to clinical. Hi, y'all. My name is Stephen Dunn. I co-own Core Therapy and Pilates in Austin, Texas, and I'm the founder of Pilates for PTs. I've been a physical therapist for over 20 years, and I've been teaching Pilates and Gyrotonic in my physical therapy practice for the last 15 years. In this podcast, I interview experts from all over the world so that you can learn more on how to grow your business or how to improve your clinical skills as a Pilates instructor in the physical therapy world. Thanks for listening. everybody it's Stephen Dunn with Core Therapy and Pilates in Austin Texas and today I have a very special guest on the podcast with me and it's Miss Madeline Black. Hi Madeline say hi real quick. Hello everyone it's great to be here. I'm so excited to have you I'm I'm gonna tell a brief story of of how Madeline and I met and then I'm gonna ask her a couple questions and give her the floor to to tell us all kind of great information but basically it was about 2002, and I was just getting into the Pilates world. It might have been the summer of 2003. I can't remember, but it was either 2002 or 2003, and I was at the Mind, Body, Spirit Conference in San Jose or right outside of San Jose, and I was a total newbie to Pilates. I had no really idea what I was doing, and I showed up at a conference saying, hey, this is a place where I can kind of see what other people are using, how other people are using this work in the field. And I noticed that there was a select few people that were really teaching rehab oriented stuff. And that's what I gravitated to. And Cheryl, my wife, who's also a Pilates instructor, is gravitated to more of the fitness stuff. So it was really great because we were at a conference where she could do what she wanted to do and learn what she wanted to learn. And I got to learn with these, these group of people that were doing it rehab based that really helped influence me and influence everything that we've established at, at, in Austin at our facility core. So with that said, my mission is to interview every one of those original instructors that I had. They didn't know me at the time. I was just a student. I was just a silly student in the back of the class trying to keep up. But these were the people that influenced me that have led to, again, Cheryl and I being able to grow and blossom our business in, in a non-traditional way as a physical therapist, but also as a, in a non-traditional way for Cheryl as a Pilates instructor. So with that said, Madeline, tell me how in the world did you get interested in Pilates originally? Um, well, I came from the dance world. So Pilates and dance kind of go hand in hand. I, I have to say I was probably one of the few dancers that was not injured to go to Pilates, uh-huh. I chose to do it because I wanted to be a stronger, better dancer. So, you, you know, when you want the leading edge, you got to train harder. So dance classes weren't enough. Got it. Got it. So that's really, you know, and it was, um, you know, like 1989, um, 88, I had, well, I first had explored Pilates through a book, um, that very first book by Gail Eisen. And uh, now I'm blanking on the other person's name, but it was the only Pilates book. It was all mat work, you know, because where I was living and working in Minneapolis, there, there was no, there was no pledge. You had to go to New York or LA. So, um, and then when I went to New York in 1989, then I just dove into it. Got it. So, Got it. Yeah. So, and that was the interesting times because it was pretty, 
exclusive work. You were either a dancer, starving dancer, or a wealthy Upper East Side person. <laughs> it was pretty selective. <laughs> there was nothing in between. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then I and I landed in such an interesting place because Pilates was actually dying out. It was. Um, I I remember a dancer. Uh, I was in a rehearsal and. Uh, it looked like she'd been up all night and I made some, she was, and she made some, com- I made some, you know, comment to her like, whoa, what were you doing last night? You were out all night kind of thing. And then she told me I was uh, having to move the studio out because the IRS was coming to get the owner and we were moving out and everything. And it was like the place to go. And so it was, it was really shrinking, you know, 1989, it, the boom really hadn't happened. Yeah. And I ended up in my dance career wanting to work with a choreographer in San Francisco. So I decided to relocate from New York to San Francisco and there was no Pilates. Um, the dancers did it at St. Francis Memorial hospital. That was it. But any lay person, any normal, no one knew what it was at all in, in San Francisco at all for the general population at that time. No. So St. Francis, that's where it's so interesting is that's where I met, uh, Elizabeth Larkham and I met Nora St. John and Mercy Sidbury. I had already known from the dance world. I'd already been working with her. So it was just kind of this little dance world. And that's who was at St. Francis pretty much. And they probably occasionally would have an ordinary client, you know, but it was pretty much the dancers, the San Francisco ballet and, and the modern dancers in San Francisco, but I needed a job. So (laughs) I opened a little tiny space in San Francisco. So I can claim I was the first like private studio in San Francisco. That's awesome. That's awesome. We knew what just doing the basics over and over and over again with people. Got it. Got it. There were all new people coming to it. No one knew. If you asked anybody on the street, if you walked down the street in those years and said, what is Pilates? People would have absolutely no idea. So that's, that's a big change from now. Almost true. everybody knows Pilates. <laughs> It, it, in Austin, there's a there's a studio on every corner, kind of like Starbucks now. Yeah. You know, it's it's become a very yeah. very very popular uh, yeah. fitness thing for yeah. fitness and for rehab as well. So, but well, do you know that people still don't know what's a guy's name? Uh, all the time, we, oh. <laughs> we have that conversation all the time at the studio, and it's yeah. it's it's quite entertaining. Yeah. And, you know, I still get a lot of clients that they just come see me because they someone's told them I can help them. And they don't really know what Pilates is or what gyrotonic is. They just, or even what manual therapy is. They're just there because someone said, hey, go see these guys. And I'll have people after they've been in our world for like two months and they'll say, hey, what's Pilates? And I said, oh, it's that machine you've been working on for the last month. You know, because so, so we still get some people that don't know what it is, but that's, that's, a, that's a rarity. It's usually people are finding us because of it. But every once in a while, again, we get those word of mouth. It's like some random some random 55 year old man who's never, ever, ever heard of it. That profile. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, so too, Stephen. So (laughs) as opposed to California. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you got to San Francisco and realized there was really a need to, to serve the the dance community more. So you went out and opened your your own place and were you basically serving the dance community? Actually, I wasn't serving the dancers. Yeah. I wasn't serving the dancers. I, I, I needed to work and I wanted to teach. So I just opened my own little space mm-hmm. and I had regular people. I really didn't have very, I had a few dancers. And then those dancers turned out, I ended up training them to be teachers. 
I was really working with uh, people who needed help, you know, so, so I wasn't really focused on dancers. Now, how did you start developing that niche of, of people finding you that needed help um, yeah. that were look that were not looking for the, the dance rehab or the dance uh, training? You know, it's just so, you know, like, it's a good question. I think I'm blessed, you know, I don't know. You do good work and people come. Yeah. You know, I, I my first space was in the wor- one of the worst neighborhoods in San Francisco. I mean, we're talking shootings, like it was bad. You have to think eighty nine, ninety. It was it was a bad neighborhood. But I got into this warehouse, and even the space was kind of sketchy. There was a police station across the street, so that was the only good thing. But it was a very dang- it was like the worst location you could pick. But I got myself uh, associated with this. Um, woman who uh started a day spa now i didn't even know what a day spa was there were no day spas so they were ahead of the curve and they they really knew this building was like a loft building had a beautiful view of the bay bridge i mean it was amazing and and you know today it would be a great location but back then it wasn't so it was just something i could afford Mm-hmm. And then through her clients at the day spa, some of these people started coming to see me and the word got out that I was able to really help people and uh, change their bodies. And so it just, you know, build it and it grew. And then I ended up moving to a different neighborhood and then I kept progressing closer to the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> so I went from the Bay Bridge over the Golden Gate Bridge and everything just slowly started to grow, you know. And then you, you finally got to a point to where you got out of San Francisco and mm-hmm. had a home studio for some time and then a studio, uh, uh, a private studio in Sonoma. Tell me about that, that evolution a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, rent. So I know it's all relative today. People would be like, your, your rent is nothing. But back <laughs> then the rent was really expensive to have a one bedroom flat with no parking uh, in a neighborhood where the police are constantly chasing you know, car ch- chases up your street and the neighbors getting, you know, robbed by gun, you know, by gun, gunpoint, yeah. you know, and I was paying what I considered could be a mortgage payment back then. Yeah. And it was killing me to pay that high of a rent knowing that it could be a mortgage. So I just right away was like, you know what, I got to find a house. I want to buy a house. But, you know, you can't qualify. I mean, it's just, it was difficult. So at that time, nobody had, Sonoma was not on the radar. So we couldn't, I couldn't afford really anything in San Francisco unless I wanted to live in the projects area, which is what I was living next to. So I couldn't afford that. And then I couldn't afford Marin if that's just across the Golden Gate Bridge, you know, that already was out of my, so as you start heading north, I figured I'm going to be commuting. So I thought I love Sonoma. It's a beautiful place. So what's a 20 minute commute at that time was 40 minutes, right? Now it's, way more than 40 minute commute. But at the time it was a 40 minute commute. And I thought if I'm going to drive 20 minutes, I might as well drive 40 and be in the most beautiful place. And I found a house that I could afford. I qualified for it and nailed a house. So for five years I commuted to a body of work. That was the name of the studio, which is still an amazing studio in the Presidio. Jean Sullivan's the owner now and has been running it for a very long time. She's done a brilliant job. But uh, I, for five years, was commuting. So I started the home studio because I wanted to develop a studio in Sonoma. But at the time, Sonoma was very rural and a lot of farmers. Yeah, a little sleepy town. It wasn't the tourist thing it is today. 
So people were saying, what are you doing? You're moving up with a bunch of cows and, and sheep. You know what I mean? And farmers, like, you're going to get any business. But I ended up tapping into the horses. There were a lot of people with horse ranches and a lot of riders. Mm. And so I started to practice at home. But at the same time, I was working in San Francisco. So as I you know, started to develop Sonoma, then I started doing less in San Francisco. And then Gene Sullivan bought the studio from me. And, um, and then I was able to really develop Sonoma. But it took about five years to do that. Got it. Got it. The commute was tough. But, you know, and I was young then. I could do it. When did you open Studio M in Sonoma? Uh, I bought the house in 1993. Okay. So, and I sold a body of work in San Francisco in 98. Got it. Got it. So that's about the timing. Yeah. And then, and then how long did it take for you to go from your home studio to the studio on, on the street that, that where Cheryl worked with you? Yeah. Um, you know, I was really trying not to have a studio. I really <laughs> wanted to have a small practice. I had a child. I had a son in 94. Yeah. I wanted to be the mom to take him to school and do the school thing and be the mom, right? But I, I just couldn't help it. I mean, more teachers were coming in and they're all working in my house and then more clients were coming. I just couldn't be like, go away. You know, so uh, I think it was 2005 that we got that space. So it was quite a long time. I think it was before 2005. Maybe it was 2003. You know why? Because we moved it. We moved to Sonoma in 2003. Okay, and, and it was three. We yeah. got there. We yeah. got there in like September. We got married in August of 2003. Right. And we moved to. I'll, I'll finish the story. We moved to Sonoma. I took a travel contract job at the local hospital. It was a three-month gig. We moved there. Cheryl and I just got married. I'm like, Cheryl, if you can find a job, great. If not, it's only three months. We'll move to Texas after that. Uh, the first week, she walked into your studio, and she came back to me and says, hey, I got a job at Madeline Black Studio. And she didn't know who you were, but I knew who you were because I had just taken the class with you either that summer or the summer before. I, I don't remember which year it was. But we were there in 2003, and then we left in July of 2004. To move to move to Texas, and that's when we got to Austin. So that was like one of the blessings for us because we turned that three month contract into roughly about eleven months. Right. Once she got the job with you, and she's like, "Hey, I'm going to learn something from Madeline every single day," right. and it was great because her and I were working together. But we, you know, we we were we had her and I had kind of different passions, and like I was helping her a lot with, with my Pilates practice, but I still was using my hands a lot as much as I was teaching Pilates. So for her to get to work with you and your studio and get to meet Brian and all those people that were there at the time, um, it was really, really great. And that's where she got exposed to Jaritonic, which really, you know, has changed her, what she's been doing for the last 15 years. So with that said, uh, Sonoma was a very special place for us. And we, we were there a year and it, and it felt like we were there for a lot longer um, because of the relationships that we developed with, with you and, and Bill and, and again, Brian and, and, and Jane and, and, and everyone in your world. And so, so with that said, uh, I know it was at least September of 2003, and yeah. I think it was pretty newly open, though. So it was, I, July, July, it was July, June or July that we opened in that space. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it was new and beautiful, and it was like, for us, it was the nicest studio that we'd ever seen. We'd been to several studios in L.A., but they were a little more um, clinical-based. Um, because I was learning in PT world. And so it was really nice to see, like, you know, to see it modeled in, in a, 
you know, and again, you're, you're doing some fantastic work that's way beyond I, what I think is just normal Pilates. Um, and so, but it's, it, it didn't feel like a clinical space at all. It felt very homely, very, um, I, very I, homely. I have a, you know, having been in the dance world and studied a lot of art, you know, uh, you know, I have such a, a passion for aesthetics and yeah. art and beauty and, you know, things like that. Let's say the cover of my book is a friend of mine's painting, you know, so I, I have, so that's, that's what I tried to put in the studio too. Yeah. That's that, a big piece that's, in the, that's in the studio, right? That big piece in the hallway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I remember that piece. I, I notice I notice art everywhere I go and yeah. people are always shocked because, you know, I'm like a big old jock and, you know, <laughs> and the things that interest me are not things that people expect. Uh, so I, uh, I, I know that art very well. So with that said, tell me a little bit about the next, phase in your your career where you went from your house to a studio where you're training trainers you got bunches of people working for you and then all of a sudden you're traveling the world and teaching people all over the world you're writing books you're doing online stuff let's talk a little bit about that Uh, to me that's what's really exciting yeah I mean I owned a studio for 30 years you know that's a long time. I mean, more than one studio, but I've been in the studio business for a really yeah. long time. And and you know, frankly, I'm I'm 61 now, and you know, I'm looking ahead to you know how many years left do I have to if I'm going to work at a certain level. Not that I'm going to stop working, sure. You know, but because I just love doing it. But there's a certain point where I want a different quality of life. So I'm trying to I'm trying to shape my future business around that, and I'm loving my development of my Madeline Black method and my courses on immersive training. So you know, it got to a point where you, I feel like I can say, all right, you know, I'm really, it's really hard to teach a three hour workshop. Like you go to a conference and you teach, you're asked to teach for three hours or two hours, you know, and you have to do it several times over a weekend, different topics. It's exhausting. Yeah. And I feel like the teachers who sit there get a, just a little bit of information and a little taste, but they don't really grasp the depth of my work. If you're learning choreography, I can learn choreography in two hours. So that's fine. But that's not what I teach. So I always, um, I decided that's it. I'm going to start doing five day intensive. So, and then I developed um, these um, series of workshops. So that's what I want to do now. So I'm, I'm trying to, and my schedule is getting extremely full with the five day trainings. So it's working. People are coming. People want it. I didn't know if people would want to do that. You know, take five days as opposed to a weekend thing, but they do, they're interested. So, you know, I just took a risk and say, all right, uh, this is what I'm going to offer. And I'm going to say no to these other things. Cause this is really what I want to do. And it's so rewarding. And the five days go so fast. It's crazy. Yeah. Everybody says that. They're like, what? It's day five already? You know? So I think it could be longer. <laughs> yeah. But it, it makes them hungry, you know, when they're doing that. And then I have, I've been exploring more and more different movements, you know, besides the, the classic Pilates movement or the classic gyrotonic movement. And, you know, I have a yoga background as well. So, and I've been super interested in, you know, gait patterning and the most, you know, spinal mechanics and, and all of that and the effect of, you know, the foot on the whole body and the, you know, the neck on the whole body and all that stuff and movement. So I've been, and for my own body, I have some issues that I've been really, really working on. So 
so I've created a, a lot of these little exercises that I think are super interesting. So I just started doing a membership so that I can post a lot and have, right now I have something like 55 videos on a membership only access. So people can read a little bit and then have the video access all the time to all 55. And I'm going to keep posting. It's just my new site came out today. It's live today. Awesome. And so I've had to wait. To, I have a whole bunch of videos sitting in the queue, but I couldn't put them on because I knew the whole thing was going to change. So I had to wait till it changed. And I'm going to start downloading even more videos because I've already filmed them. I just had to wait. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But I also still have the free blog as well. So I still want to offer, you know, information for people to, you know, question. I love to have dialogues with people, you know, but so there's also the free blog, which is more writing and some little short video, but I, I'm writing more extensively in the blog part, mm-hmm. loving writing. Um, so and what's that blog post? What's that site? Uh, it's uh, www.madelineblack.com. And, and what's the new website? Is that or is that That's the it. yeah, madamblack.com. Yeah, that, and that'll have the uh, the blog site or the membership site on it oh. all together. Got it. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. yeah, yeah. And I have little videos on there too about the trainings, which are really nice to, to watch. I think, and yeah. um, I even have some testimonials on video to, to watch these teachers. It's it's quite remarkable. Now let me ask uh, you: incentives are these people that are already they're already trained and certified, and you're taking them to the next level? It's not certification, correct. correct? No, it's not certification because, as you know, in the U.S. anyway, right? Accreditation, you know, certification comes from a third party accreditation. Yes. So if you do like ACE or ACSM, you're not tested by the organization who's who's giving you the training. Right, you have to sit for the exam to a third party, and that's what the PMA does. So technically, that's a certification. For me to say you're certified in the black, I mean, I could do that if I want, but it doesn't really mean anything. No, 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 my, no. I don't, mean, I, mean? I don't mean it that way. I mean the people that oh. are your students—they're already, they're already trainers. They're already teachers. Yes. yes. They're, they're not getting trained to become teachers. They're already teachers diving deeper into their work. Correct. I've had mostly Pilates teachers, but I've had a few Jarvatonic teachers come in. It's about movement per se. It's, it's not particularly about Pilates though. I use the Pilates apparatus and, um, but then I do a lot on the mat and I use a lot of props, lots of props. So there's a you can do the same kind of technique, you know, with props as you can with, you know, the equipment. So you don't have to, it doesn't have to be equipment based. And I've had a number of yoga teachers come too. Got it. So I love it. that, that I'm attracted. I've actually had a couple acupuncturists come. So you're getting movement people, you're getting, you're getting healers, you know, and so that, that's, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. People who are, who want to use movement in their practice as a healing modality. Yeah. Right. So you, you've got a very, you kind of have this very specific audience for the type of, um, instructor that you want to work with or teach just like you've kind of had your own specific audience of the type of client you've wanted to work with right it's just kind of evolved from client to instructor now like that's that's what i see it's kind of cool i love i'm just saying i I like that i love it you know because you you've been really clear Mm-hmm. on who you want to serve from the get-go. I asked you about dancers. You're like, no, I wasn't the dancer. So again, that was, that's new information for me. I love that. Um, so you knew at the very beginning that you had a gift that you could serve a certain type of person and you've continued to find that person. And now you've got 
however many trainers working at your studio and you can go off traveling the world teaching other instructors at the level and the depth that, that you take it with your clients. Yeah, actually, I don't own Studio M anymore. Oh, is that right? I did not know that. I became free. Yeah. Susan Aslin, one of the teachers. Remember Sue? I do. Tall, blonde. Yeah. I do. And she's taken over. Uh, she's running in. Now, Jane is still there. Oh, Jane. Yeah. I love Jane. Everybody wants a Jane. I know. She's I know. Great. Yeah. So she's still there. So everybody's still there. It's just Sue has now taken the lead in terms of running the studio. And I still see clients there. So I love it, Steve. I show up and see clients and I walk out the door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of nice. So, that's yeah, that's something nice. I had to let go to pursue as much traveling and teaching that I'm doing. Yeah. And yeah. writing. I want more time for writing. So I have a couple of new book projects about to start to happen. So. Now let me let me ask you because like I've seen I've seen you know, again we've 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 known you personally and professionally for a long time now, and I've totally seen you know you you grow in the Pilates industry as an influencer, and with that said, as you've grown and, and influenced more and more people, are you? Let me ask you this: Who led you to start thinking about online? Uh, memberships and books and, and like was that something that you figured out on your own did you have a business mentor that taught you that what, what kind of led you down that path I never had a business mentor I, love it. <laughs> I never did I've always kind of figured things out myself Stephen I love it I, love I, it. I credit um, you know my studies early on with uh, Marika Molnar who's a physical therapy for the physical therapist for the New York City Ballet she's been a dear friend and my early mentor teacher and mm -hmm. John Claude West also early when I, when I moved to New York, that's when I met both of them and worked with both of them, you know, and, you know, I said to Jean Claude recently, I said, you know, I really owe a lot of my direction in my work, you know, to you. And he, he looked at me and said, what are you talking about? A little key, you opened the door and you just ran for it. Like you just, you know, and I did, I just immersed myself in any kind of education, reading books, you know, working with great practitioners, great sessions from you, Stephen, the hands-on and, you know, osteopaths that I've worked and studied with. And I mean, I just kind of went crazy to get all the information that I want, but I, I bring it back to the movement. Yeah. You say, I want to bring it back to the movement. So no, I just kind of figured it out. I mean, I knew people were doing this kind of thing, you know, online, and I just felt like it was a way for me to uh, reach people. And then also to, you know, have some income since I knew I was giving up the studio. That was a big deal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a big income change, you know, but the trainings are really going well for me. So my income actually has really gone lateral. It didn't drop. Yeah. Yeah. So that's amazing to me. And you're probably working less with less stress. And uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just a different business you're running now you're not, it's a you're different not, business you know. yeah i get to be home a little more often you see yeah. work at home i actually am sitting more which is shocking because i'm usually standing all day long right yeah. so your body's, so your body's like, adjusting. yeah so yeah well I, I the reason i asked because like two three years ago i stepped away from taking insurance as a pt and and i really did not have a plan on what I was going to do. Uh, I just was so pissed off and done with the insurance that I was like, I'm done. But I realized that I needed a plan. So I, I started studying with a business guy 
And I've actually studied with two different business guys over the last three years. And everything that, that they're teaching me, everything that I've been learning from people since I've dove into business, because again, before that, I, people just showed up at our studio. We never had to market at all because I took two insurance plans and that kept me busy, Cheryl busy, and the whole staff busy because of that. And once I stopped taking it, I had to learn how to market. I had to learn how to, I started blogging. I started doing, you know, podcasts. I started doing all these things that I didn't know much about. And I really enjoy it. It's like what I have. I have as much fun doing talking to you and hearing more depths of your story. Um, and it gets me energized and buzzed when I go back to work and see clients all day. Whereas before it was only clients that would give me that energy. Seeing clients were the only, was the only thing that I could do that made me feel like I was, I need, I, I, it was the, it was the passion. It was the place of worth for me. And now all of a sudden I'm realizing from what my business teachers, teachers have taught me. And it's exactly what you're doing. You offer the free, the free course. Here's the free, uh, the free, um, blog. And then here's my membership blog. Once you like, and you trust me and you know that I know my shit, then you just join up for my membership. Then you can sign up for my, my courses. And so it's a ladder and, and, it, this ladder starts with free and then it goes to something that's probably a certain dollar amount per month. That's very affordable. And then it goes to something that like, okay, this is a, an expense and a business, a, a business trip for me to go learn this stuff. But again, you're taking people up this ladder and it's brilliant because it allow, it will allow you once this is all continuous to set up to work less and, and, okay. and have the lifestyle you want. That's the intention, right? Yeah. I see it happening. I see it because I didn't realize you sold the studio and that makes me realize, Oh, that, that really takes a, that helps you a lot with what you're building. Cause I thought you were crazy to be honest with you. Cheryl started telling me all the stuff the other day and I'm like, how in the hell is she running her studio being gone for five days at a time to places that take two days to get to. <laughs> exactly. I just did that Singapore last week. Exactly. So yeah. So I love it. This is, this is great. And again, this is why I wanted to do this because you and I have known each other for, for quite some time and now I get to see you grow. I've, again, I'm watching you grow. I see you growing on social media. I pay attention. Trust me. I know what's going on, but that's the beauty of social media. Right. Um, but, but I really wanted to ask you more questions because what you are doing is what Cheryl and I are setting up ourselves right now. I've, I've got a course that I've, uh, I've got two courses now that I've filmed where it's all online, where, People can go buy these courses and I'm not quite done setting it up, but it's in that process where I'm going to be training physical therapists, how to Im implement a Pilates program into their business because the reimbursement's so bad today. Everyone needs a side hustle in the PT world to make it work. And so I've got a whole online course that I'm doing, that I'm going to be offering and everything I'm providing for free and getting this content out is to bring people up my ladder and only a handful of people are going to take it. It's a small, it's to a small population of people, PTs right. and Pilates. But those people that are interested, I've got now 15, 16 years of experience running a business in this market. And now I've got three years of experience running it in a cash based market, which is totally different. And that's what I can share and help people set up and, and, and learn how to do on their own. So again, we're, we're both learning how to extend our careers by going online and teaching others instead of serving those individual clients one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. Right, right, right. I'm not really offering a training course. I've had people message me or email me and say, do you have any online courses? 
but it's not a, what I'm doing is not a courses. It's really um, little, these are a series of exercises. And then I explain, you know, it's for people to use. So, yeah. because I feel that the way that I want to teach my work really has to be in person yeah. because I'm, I am transferring a lot of manual work and transferring information that you have to be present to feel it and to get feedback from me. Totally. It's, it's amazing how when people lay their hands on me or their my hand their hands on another body and I've got my hands on their hands and I'm like, well, no, the direction is not just you want to hit the direction this way or you're you're too heavy with your hands or you have to use this part of your hand and don't push with this part of your hand and you know all of that really detailed work. So um, I, I don't know if I see myself doing online courses. I mean, I have workshops on other sites, you know, Pilates Anytime and. Yeah. Fusion, Pilates, EDU, and stuff like that. You know, those are more workshops. So, yeah, and and my my courses are going to be more business. Side. It's going to be the business side yeah. of things. It's not going to be the uh, clinical side at all. It's going to be this is this is how you run a business. This is how you set up a Facebook ad. This is how you you know yeah. this, is, this is how you do this, the the nitty gritty stuff um, mm-hmm. that people either pay someone else to do or yeah. they they figure out how to do it on their own and they they. they it, it, Costs a lot of money and effort to figure it out on your own these days. <laughs> so, but I love it. But yeah, so and Cheryl has her own passions that she's looking into now and, and kind of starting a new website and, and some some blogging and stuff that you know that, that stepping away from from seeing clients at all and only teaching doing teacher trainings and te- uh, workshops and, and different stuff. So again, it's it's really great to check in and see where where people are, where people are taking their career. Everyone's doing fun and interesting stuff. But again, we live at a time where the internet and the, the technology, it allows us to choose who we want to serve, how we want to serve them. And, yeah. and that's, that's totally different than 2003 when, when we were, when I was living in Sonoma. <laughs> I still tell stories like in my last training, you know, we, I was talking about something and I was like, do you realize that back in 1990, 90, 90, I said, there was no internet. I mean, it was there, but none of us were using it. Yeah. So I was like, so that person actually had to write me a letter or call me on the phone <laughs> and not even a cell phone. It had to be at the office, you know, so it's such a different time. Yeah, totally, know? 100%. Now, yeah. Madeline, I know, I know we're about to run out of time, but I want to ask you one more question, and this is yeah. something totally off topic, um, but I'm a big music nerd, and I want you to tell the story of Jerry Garcia his missed, <laughs> his missed chance to do Pilates. Could you please tell me that story? I got a few friends that are going to really appreciate this. Well, when this when I had a body of work in San Francisco, when I was still the owner, you know, we had a number of celebrities come because they live in San Francisco, right? So the wife of Jerry Garcia, um, who is actually still a client at a body of work, that's awesome. Comes, yeah, all these years, she's wonderful. So she's, um, she was coming regularly, and she kept saying to me, I really want to get Jerry in here. i got to get Jerry in here. She was just, you know, but with his touring schedule and all of that stuff. So, um, so finally, she made an appointment. He, he committed to coming, and we had to put his name under a different name in the book. Like, she didn't want anybody to know. Yeah. Not that we had a lot of people to see the book. I, I don't think it would have been a problem, but we had, like, a different name. But I knew who it was. He was coming to see me. You know, and uh, unfortunately, I think it was the weekend before he died. 
Uh, he never got in. I know it was so so sad. Yeah, I knew I knew it was right around the time he it was, was right supposed there. to come in. Yeah, I didn't yeah. I didn't remember the details, but yeah. And, and if you don't know who Jerry Garcia is, he's the lead guy from the Grateful Dead. You should. Yeah. But, you Great know, music. I, I just, yeah, I'd say that to some of these younger kids. <laughs> um, and and one of the friends that we met in Sonoma that, that Cheryl became friends with uh, was a couple. Um, I can't remember her name, Arden, I believe. Um, they owned an organic grape farm, and her husband was really good friends with, with all the members of the dead. So they had a whole room that was like a shrine to the dead with all the signed memorabilia and pictures of them hanging out with, with Jerry and Phil and everyone. Talking about the Kotori, right? The Kotori. Yes, that, that's exactly right. That's right. And, and it, was, it was so cool. Like that, We had dinner at their house right before we moved to Texas, and, and – they, they showed me all that stuff. And it was just one of those, like, you know, being a music nerd, like, I missed the dead. I didn't okay, see Hey, well, her. you know who you've missed out has been coming to Studio M to do Gyro. Who's that? Skaggs. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, I remember the white. Who was the guy? Who's the one, the woman who was married to the guy from, um, not Steely Dan, but uh, the Doobie Brothers? The girl from Alabama with the real, real, real country girl from Alabama. Mississippi. Mississippi. Okay. All right. Close enough. Close enough. She's still coming. I love it. I love it. So those are, those are some good memories from that time. Sonoma has a lot of hidden artists, you know, who have actually lived there for a long time, but they came there to hide out in the hills. Yeah. Robin Williams used to have a house up there too, but these, these, you know, they just kind of wanted to hide out, you know? well, it was a nice place to hide out. We hid out for a year there. It was it was really fantastic, and and I love Austin. Austin's been great to us, but that was a fun stop. And again, it was a stop that allowed us to um, it allowed me to go snowboarding every weekend, which is what I really wanted to do. But it allowed Cheryl to learn and grow so much on her own. And and for us, it was really important for her to have her own growth, not under me, because we we needed to have our own identity in our world and our business. And and people always like associate us together but we really do our own thing and we always have and and you really helped set that table for her that hunger for knowledge that hunger to keep learning and that passion so um again that's what this is about getting the people that helped influence me me and cheryl at our in our early careers to see what's happened um and in the last 15 years and and it's really fantastic to hear um, about your new website, MadelineBlack.com. Uh, it just came live today. I already saw it on Facebook, so I, I knew it came live today. Again, the beauty, <laughs> of, the beauty of social media. So with that said, I need to head out of here. Do you have any other comments, any, any way for you know, people to reach out to really you? blessed that you and Cheryl moved to Sonoma, and I got to know you guys and share what I love with Cheryl. And yeah. It was very special, and I appreciate our relationship that's ongoing. Yeah, for sure. It's been a, a real fun, long-term relationship that will continue. And uh, and Cheryl really appreciated the conversation y'all had the other night. She's She's been moving and, and grooving on this retreat thing. So I love it. So with that said, thanks a bunch for your time. Uh, I really appreciate this. I'll have this shared out into the group real soon. Okay. Take All care. Right. Take care, Madeline. Bye now. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, could you do us a favor and leave some love and write us a review? My name is Stephen Dunn. I help physical therapists incorporate Pilates into their physical therapy practice. If you would like more information on how you can incorporate Pilates into your physical therapy practice, then like my Facebook page, Pilates for PTs.